Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Trace of Talking Football. Week one is officially over with. Monday night is done. We are now on to week two of the NFL season. And holy cow, is just everything flying around. Teams that you thought would do good didn't do so hot. Teams that you thought wouldn't do so hot did pretty damn hot. Monday night was an electrifying night. The Saints and Texans had a phenomenal game. What a way to end it, honestly. Deshaun Watson did what he could for his team. And then Drew Brees and Sean Payton, man, they just did what they do best. Surgical down the field, getting guys open, and then the bomb of a 58-yard field goal. Holy shit, what a night. The Broncos and Raiders. Raiders came out and got the W. Um, I, I'm just, I guess I'm just going to do a quick recap here, Therese, and then I'll get you into the show. But uh, the Broncos came out with, hey, screw you, A.B., you don't want to be here. We're going to have guys that do, and we're going to come out and win, and that's exactly what they did. Derek Carr looked great. The Broncos looked stagnant. Their defense really was not what we all thought it would be. I don't think they had any sacks for the night. But the Raiders and Tyrell Williams, wow, looked pretty good. Looked pretty damn good. But they are heading into week two without their safeties. Conley and Abrams are both down with injuries, and they play the Chiefs this week. But we'll get into that here shortly. Now, Trace, how you doing, man? Uh, I, I'm just happy to be here. I'm so glad that you invited me onto your podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that was a great recap, for real. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean... Everybody knows that we were podcasting during that the end of that first game, and so going upstairs and rewatching it was awesome. And then catching up on that second Monday night game was was fun. Uh, you're right, Broncos. Just you just don't know if their offense is going to be able to keep up with teams. Um, and their defense, you can I bet they end up getting frustrated by the end of the year. Uh, Sutton looked good though. I think that they got a real weapon in Sutton there. Yeah, no joke. Um. Really, the issue with them is it's like they're wanting Philip Lindsay to be the guy, but they also have a feeling. It's like they have this gut feeling about Royce Freeman being the actual guy, like you have said yeah. numerous times. So they want it to be Lindsay, but then there's that, ah, maybe we kind of want Freeman too. Like maybe we want this dual running, you know, running back by committee styled offense, but your game plan just does not match. Like your play calling doesn't match that, and it shows, and it's awful. It's hard to watch. And then you have a quarterback who is not mobile. Like, I mean, he's just, he's going to stand there and he's going to look for the guy that's open. I mean, he's going to stand there in his, what, 6'5 frame with that big old head and he's just going to look. Yeah. I mean, the dude's from Delaware. He probably saw all the way across the state standing up. He thinks he can do the same thing in the NFL. Well, a lot of these guys are faster than you, dude. Like, you got to make quick decisions. You got to get the ball. You can't just stand there. It's it's hard to watch, honestly, because I thought the Broncos would be one of those surprising teams. And at least for week one, I know we've said, you know, don't buy too much into the week one hype. But wow, that's that was that was poor, 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 poor. It was. So today, now that the games are over, I actually got into all of my bets that I made in Vegas. And let me tell you, 90 percent of them are looking real good right now. So let's just keep let's just keep up this for another fifteen weeks, everybody. Let's let's win me some money and we'll just move on. Uh, Falcons, you might want to step up a little bit because you're the one the one bet that's making me a little nervous here. What team was that? I missed it. I tried to interrupt you there on accident. The Falcons. Yep, that's what I thought you said. Because uh, yikes, yikes. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's just get this one over with. A B. He's in the news again. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, just piece of shit. He you're can't a piece of shit. His grammar. Get the fuck off. out of here. I hope you. I hope you're cut in the next two weeks, and I hope you never play football again. And I hope the NFL suspends you, and you literally never see the field again. Couldn't agree more. It is gonna be interesting to see what the Patriots do here, just because you just signed him. He practiced yesterday. To answer um, today for us recording, and then yes. you know listening yesterday here. Just want to make that correction for both of us. But it's, it's a weird spot for the Patriots to be in after getting him, especially if this was done on purpose for him to land with the Patriots. 
kind of a karma. You know what I mean? Karma's a real bitch, and boy, does she show up this time. Dude can't write. Um, if I had to have him as a pen pal, you know, partner in elementary school, I don't think I would have fucking written back. No. <laughs> I would have had a hard time understanding anything. And then the space between this punctuation, I don't get that either. That's just weird. It was aggravating. It's hard to watch. Dude's an idiot. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Moving on. In all reality, Patriots are going to hold on to him until more information breaks. Like, there's no reason for them to release him before they know more. I mean, that's just business. So, expect him to ball out on Sunday is what I'm getting at. Cool. All right. That's it. Now. That's the news. Uh, that's the news that we want to talk about. Uh, we just want to get into some weekly previews. We want to talk about some matchups, what we're going to see here. So let's talk about the game that is going to be happening for you that are listening on the day this comes out. Thursday. Let's talk about Thursday night. So game, and it is going to be the Carolina Panthers at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's talk about this for a minute. So Tampa Bay's defense didn't look awful against the 49ers. I mean, they slowed them down. Uh, Carolina, they kept up with the Rams. Uh, their their offense is good. Uh, it's going to run through Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to keep saying it. That dude is not going to survive an entire season off of 29 touches a game. Uh, they need to find a way to get Curtis Samuel the ball some more and DJ Morris the ball some more. And I'm saying gadget plays, man. Like, let's do some reverses. Put them in the backfield just like how the Chiefs do with Tyreek Hill. Like, you've got to find ways to get McCaffrey not touching the ball this much. He's very, very valuable, and he honestly might be more valuable with 20 touches a game than 29 touches a game. Because because weeks 14 through 17, you don't know how much he's going to have left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, one touch can make the difference, let alone nine. So I completely agree with what you said there. Um, this game is going to be interesting. Um, are we taking a deep dive straight into the game, or are you sticking with just the Panthers for now? Uh, we can start diving into it, so say whatever you want. Yeah, so the Panthers really need to see more of the defense. Um, week two for the Bucks, Bruce Arians... Probably not happy with the week one performance of his quarterback. Made his offense look shit. Like, it just looked absolute shitty. Jameis Winston did not look comfortable. It's not that he even didn't look comfortable. He just, it's like he doesn't know what he's doing. Or he just doesn't see the field right. And he just throws the ball. And I, I my arm's strong enough to do this. It's not, dude. Like, you're in the NFL. You've been here long enough. You need to understand this. Bruce Arians cannot be happy with that week one performance. I just said it, but I do expect to turn around here for week two. I do think Bruce Arians goes, okay, hey, you weren't getting knees. Let's try this. Let's get you in a rhythm. Let's see. And I think he kind of takes off because the Panthers, they're not they're not the same Panthers as what, you know, we were used to a couple years ago with, with a decent secondary and, you know, good linebacking core and a good defensive line. Like they have that, but it's not anything stellar that's going to be game-changing. Excuse me, there was a hiccup. But that might be the difference that the Bucks need for this game heading into it for Thursday night. It's a short week. Just get into it. You know, if this is probably the best thing for Winston to just forget what he did Sunday. Come in, you know, clean plate. Let's roll. Let's go. Bruce Haynes is probably preaching that exact same thing to him. Like, forget it. Let's go. And into the Panthers offense. What you said about McCaffrey, that's completely right. You got to get Samuel and Moore in. Moore is the next Steve Smith. He said that himself when they drafted Moore. The Panthers have not been able to replace me since I left. They just did it tonight. Those were his exact words when they drafted Moore. Let's see it then. Because Moore and Samuel both erupted at the end of the year last season. We saw that on All or Nothing, and I had completely forgotten it or not even realized it because there was all the noise of Cam Newton's shoulder. Well, you weren't seeing what these guys were doing in the game. And then Christian McCaffrey just explodes for what he, the season he had. But you have to get that going early in the year. Because exactly what Tree said, if he is getting this many touches a game, at the end of the year, there's going to be nothing left, even if they do make the playoffs. Because this division's tough enough with the Falcons and Saints. And now you're starting week two with a division game on a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's start out with just our – Spread bet here. The spread is Panthers at minus seven. What are you taking? 
I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bucks here. I'm not gonna take them to win, but I think they cover. I think they keep it close. I think this game eventually turns into a shootout in a way there at the end, similar to what we saw with the Saints and Texans. Um, I think these teams are both trying to kind of get everything rolling. They're trying to get their offense started. You know, first week is always tough on teams because not everyone's playing during the preseason. Not everyone is practicing at that pace, and you're not in that NFL-ready shape and stamina. You don't have all that built up yet. Week two, you know, you got you got some more footing on you longer in the game. So I think this game does, you know, is going to be a good one. I can't wait to watch it, but I'm going to take the Bucks to cover the spread. I also am going to take the Bucks to cover the spread. Thursday night, even though they're on the road, but your point of that, Arians making the adjustments and getting Winston in a good position, I really do believe he's going to do that. And I think that's going to start with finding ways to get Mike Evans the ball. The guy had two catches last game, and I think he only had like four or five targets. Uh, and given he was very sick, you could see it during the game. You probably missed this because you were on a flight, but like he was just shaking his head couldn't like he'd come in for like three plays and sit out three plays go in for three plays and like he would like just have towels just wet towels on his head just during the on the sideline you could tell he was really sick so uh we'll see how that goes all right now we got our prop bets again you kicked my ass last week uh let's let's see what happens here so we're doing eight this week all on thursday night so cam newton over one and a half touchdown passes. Over under. What are you taking? I'm going to take the over here. I think he gets one to McCaffrey on a screenplay close in the end zone. And I think another one's going to be a deep shot to Moore Samuel. I also am going to take the over. So we're good there. All right. Um, Newton, 250 and a half passing yards. I'm going to say I'm going to take the under here. I think they try and keep everything short and then allow plays to get a good burst. Um, I don't really see him starting off the year with these big numbers coming off the surgery for his shoulder. Um, I'm hoping we're not agreeing this entire process. If we are, I mean, great minds think alike. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's where I'm at with Newton. I just don't think he's going to start the year off with just putting up big numbers. I can see it later in the year when he's comfortable and has that trust in his shoulder. But right now, not so much. I'm actually going to take the over on Newton at 251. I think that's what I'll get. So, there we go. First disagreement there. Boom. Our next one, Jameis Winston. Touchdown passes. It is set at the same as Newton for one and a half. Do you think he goes over or under there? I'm going to say over. What's your reasoning there? Uh, Kind of just saying what we were talking about. I think Arians gets him in a good position. I really think that... Uh, Howard and Evans get get one. I think that that's that's what happens. And honestly, I one of those gut feelings. I would not be surprised if he also had a rushing touchdown this game. Ooh, I like that. Let's go ahead and just put that in there. Like just one of those things that like Treese mentioned it. Hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> Ooh, rubbing the crystal ball there, boy. I am. What are you gonna take? Um, I think I'm gonna take. You convinced me there. I like that going to Howard, and um, but I don't think it's going to go to Evans. I think it's going to go to Godwin. I think okay. they, you know, find a way to get him involved this game. Like you said, you know, you were right earlier. I, I didn't get to see the game because I missed it, and I really didn't know Evans was sick. And since it's a short week, I'm sure he's not 100% healthy. Maybe he's a little bit more active in the game on his catches, but I'm just not seeing him maybe get in the end zone unless it's one of those 50-50 balls. I really like the rushing touchdown from Winston. Um, that doesn't go into this, though, because this is just touchdown passes, correct? Not touchdowns. Correct. Yep, exactly. I like how I ask when I'm the one that entered in this information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the over here as well. The next prop bet is going to be Jameis Winston again for passing yards, and it is actually set higher than Cam Newton's at 277.5. Yeah, let me talk. Let me let you hear you talk here. It's It's the under. I don't see him getting 277 and a half. That's a lot of passing yards. And the Panthers, they held Jared Goff to only 186 last week. Uh, And that's off of 39 attempts. It's not like Jared Goff only had 20-something attempts and whatnot. Like, almost 40 attempts there. Uh, Under under 190, uh, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, um... 
Well, the reason they kept Garoppolo under is because Garoppolo sucks. Um. So no, sorry, you you have this mixed up. Panthers said, defense. Uh, yeah, Panthers defense kept Goff under because the. Pan- I was thinking. You, yeah, I know what you're saying. I get exactly what you're saying. Um. So, anyways, keep going though. Yeah, sold the joke, mistimed it. It's what I do. Like I said, <laughs> we even got on. <laughs> so last wow. week, last week against the Niners, Jameis Winston only had 194. There's no way he just erupts for another hundred this game. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. There's just there's too much in the stake, and especially if Evans is sick, he doesn't have a guy to throw to when he's running around for 25 extra yards in the backfield, and there was no reason for him to escape the pocket in the first place. But that's the beauty of Jameis Winston. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Christian McCaffrey, six and a half catches this game. I'm actually going to take the under here. Um, I think they're starting to realize that he's just as effective on the ground as he is in the passing game. And they also know that we need to get Samuel more involved. And if we keep dumping off to McCaffrey, that's not going to you know, help our offense get moving and develop more weapons in the season. Against this Buccaneers defense, what better way to get more and Samuel involved? And just kind of let McCaffrey have his rushes you know, and his, his touches running the ball. But other than that, there's no need to just overfeed him this game. I like it, but I'm going to go the over. I think I think he has seven. I think this is a really good number. So I'm going to say seven. Oh, lucky number seven, eh? Yep, yep. Lock okay. What was that? I'm sorry. You were saying? Nope, go ahead. Evans? <laughs> Mike Evans, receiving yards, 72 and a half. I'm taking the under, mainly because you said he was six Sunday, and I just kind of said it earlier. There's no way you're recovering on a short week and getting 100% ready to perform in an NFL game when you are struggling to play, you know, multiple snaps in a row on Sunday to start the year. And it's still freaking hot. Like it's going to be hot in Carolina. Like it's it may maybe not as hot as it is in Tampa, but it's still going to be a warm game. Even if it's at night, you can go step outside in Kansas City right now and you're going to sweat your ass off walking to your car and back because the humidity just eats your skin. So, I'm taking the under here. I'm also going to take the under. Uh, I think it's very close. I bet he gets in that. I get. I think he gets around seventy, and sixty-five to seventy with a touchdown is what I'm going to say that he gets. All right. All right. All right. Uh, two more. Christian McCaffrey rushing yards, eighty-five and a half. Hmm. I see. The, the hard part about this is like doing all the other bets before and saying, oh, I don't think this, I don't think that. And then you get to the actual bet and you're like, yeah, but there's a possibility he could really just erupt in this aspect of the game. I'm going to take the over just because, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think they're going to pass him as much. Go get your rushing yards. Yep, he's taking the over here. I'm going to take the under, 85 and a half. Um I think that he ends up with roughly 75 rushing yards, but then he's with the seven catches that I think he'll have. I think he'll also have another 75 there. So I think he'll have about 150 all purpose yards there. Um, so I'll take the under 85 and a half. Do I really <laughs> want to do that though? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. so my thing is, is Tampa Bay held the, the San Francisco 49ers to three yards a carry. So, do I think that it was because Tampa Bay was so much better against a run, or were the Niners just not that good? Um, you want to know? What? I'm actually gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. I think I think it gets around ninety. <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> son of a bitch! All right, here we go. Ronald Jones rushing set at forty-one and a half. I'm going to take the over here as well. I think I think this is one of those games where he's prime time. I honestly don't remember him playing in a prime time game last year. And maybe this just kind of lights a fire underneath his ass and go, hey, we're playing Carolina. They got one of the best linebackers in the league. I haven't really shown shit. You're taking it over too? Nope, you, that was the last bet. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm taking Ronald Jones to go over. I think he has a phenomenal game. I'm going to say this might be a breakout game for him. 
God, I really didn't want to. We're both. There's only two of the eight that we're disagreeing on. I'm uh, also uh, taking the over. Um, this is just so you can like catch up. Like this. No, is what, what do you mean? So I can catch up? I need. I need it to be different for me to catch up. You realize that, right? Like if we pick the same, I can't catch up. That's how it works. No, I I realize that, but you're just like, I'm not gonna lose anymore, and I'm not gonna win anymore. I mean, hey, if I catch these two, I guess I catch up two of the three. So, um, I'm just talking smack. I, I don't know. interrupt your analysis there. What were you gonna say? No, you're fine. Now I can't even remember where I'm. No, I'm just kidding. I remember where I'm at. Um, I think that they did a great job against the Niners of really kind of letting him become the guy over. Uh, what's their other names? Their running running back's name? Uh, Peyton Barber. Um, he had five more carries. He only had 13 on the game, though. Um, 36 passing for... Man. He just looked good. I liked his cuts. He looked strong. Yep. I'm going to go over. Yep. It's official. Your son of a bitch. All right. Well... I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Like, this is, this is good. Because if we're both wrong, we lose all credibility. And if we're both right, we gain a shit ton of it. Yeah. So uh, let's hope for the latter there, pal. Uh, exactly. So overall, we only had two that were different. And that's Newton at 250 passing yards. You went under, I went over. And then uh, what was the other one? Uh, Christian McCaffrey catches. You went under six. I went o- or six and a half, and I went over six and a half. Those yeah. are two. Cool. I like okay. it. Okay, sweet. Uh, should we get into the other games then? I do. I really do. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez, Louise. Let's start out with the Bengals. Team that we said that it's going to surprise some people and not be as bad as they thought. And look at that. Um, and the 49ers. The Bengals are two-point favorites. And I'm going to take the Bengals. John Ross erupted for 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Andy Dalton erupted for 400 yards. I think it was over 450 with two touchdowns. Uh, Joe Mixon's hurt, and A.J. Green is not playing. You get both those guys back with that performance from Dalton and Ross? Wow. That's what they were missing last year. That's what they've been missing the last couple years with Ross. Get your defense figured out, and you're going to be a stellar team. The only concern I have here, though, is going to be the 49ers defense because Bosa, Nick Bosa, looked pretty good. And they got a pretty solid defensive line. And their secondary didn't look so bad with three interceptions last week either. So now I'm starting to talk myself out of it, but I'm going to come right back to it and say no. I'm sticking with it. I like the Bengals plus two over the 49ers. Um, I, I honestly think I do too. Uh, cause I just, I mean, the Niners offense just looks so bad, but Shanahan is good at finding ways to get guys open. That defense didn't, the offense slowed down for the Bengals the second half of that game, but I think that's more cause Mixon got hurt. Uh, kind of threw their game plan out of out, out the window. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Niners. I'm gonna take the Niners at plus two. I was starting to talk myself into it as you were kind of talking because I mean the 49ers they have weapons. Like yeah, you have Breeder at running back. Maybe it's your second or third string running back. Still a pretty damn good one. Still a pretty good running back to have. One of the best tight ends, you got speed on the outside, and you got a quarterback that knows how to play the position but looks like shit during training camp. That's that's where you're at as the 49ers. <laughs> exactly. Really is. Uh, they need to get Debo Samuel to Baltimore. Did he play last week? Yeah, he did. Had a couple I think he had two catches. Something like that. Um yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. I'm not gonna get into it. Uh, Chargers versus Lions, and the Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take the Chargers, man. They played a close game last week. I'm taking the Chargers here to cover. Or not to cover, to win, excuse me. 
Minus is good, plus is bad. I'm still trying to fully comprehend the entire diagram of betting. Yeah. But you're still saying they win by three is what you're saying. So yes. when you say cover, that's fine. Like you can still say that. Um, even with the Hunter Henry news. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they haven't had him the last couple of years. I mean, they, they yeah. haven't had him. Like, I, <laughs> good, he's a good kid, good player. Not in the NFL because he's not there. But I think they'll be all right. They have enough. They have enough weapons at receiver. The running Austin Eckler looked stellar at running back. Um, I mean, we talked about it on Tuesday. Melvin Gordon's kind of probably sitting there like, "Shit, uh, what do we do?" Um, the Lions. You let the Arizona Cardinals come back and tie that game. Maybe this game is the difference, and you light it up and say, "Hey, we got to take ourselves more serious here. We can't let the you know." We can't take our foot off the gas. We got to smash it all the way through. And, you know, let's not get struck by lightning here during the storm. And we're just going to have to pry it up and go. And if they do that, then it's going to be quite the shock. And then the Lions are going to be one of those teams to look out for. Um, I did get asked today, though, why do I think Matthew Stafford can be a top 10 or is a top 10 quarterback? I said this when he's healthy. And I was thinking about this when the question was asked. Why, why do I think he's a top 10 quarterback? Because the dude has has led his team to numerous fourth quarter comebacks, he has led the league in passing numerous times throughout a year. Um, it's not like he's been the top spot, but he's been in that competition and he's been at that realm. And besides having a stellar wide receiver in Calvin Johnson, who has he had outside of that? Has he ever had one of the best offensive lines in football? Have we ever said the Lions had the best offensive line this year? Have we ever said the Lions have one of the best running backs this year? Have we ever said the Lions have one of the best defenses in the NFL? Let me answer all three of those questions for you. No, we haven't. But who's been the guy that's been there the whole time? Matthew Stafford. I mean, you watched the, the Lions as a franchise have had two of their stellar players for their franchise retire at the age of 30. Why? Because there's never any help provided besides them. It's like the Lions look at this premier talent and say, we'll just make it work from here. At some point, you can't do that with Matthew Stafford, but he has done it. And then this was the other question that arose, and I want you to get up and in this conversation, Trees. If Aaron Rodgers didn't win a Super Bowl at that point in his career that he did, and Matthew Stafford had, how does that conversation flip between those two? And no, I'm not comparing them like equal performance because yes Aaron Rodgers is just that good of a quarterback but so is Matthew Stafford but he's surrounded by a team or a franchise that does not know how to build around them the Packers did when they won that Super Bowl their defense I think it was like 48 or 40 of the 53 players that were on their roster they had drafted like a majority of their defense they had drafted themselves and they thought they could you know recreate that formula and do it again they saw it didn't work and last offseason they said hey Screw that idea. We got to move on. It's been almost 10 years. Let's go this free agency and just get some guys to help our defense. And they did. And look how great they are. The Lions, they don't do that. Like, they're just been a recycle mess of, let's hope this works. Yeah. Uh, so I still, I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a Super Bowl and Stafford did. Yeah, he, the conversation would be different. But for me, the difference is, is Rodgers makes plays with his feet, one that I don't think Stafford does, and two, he's just so much more precise with his throws. You can see that with the interception to touchdown ratio. And that that's what makes Aaron Rodgers so special, right? It's, and it's not like he's just dinking and dunking, which we know that Stafford does. I mean, I did the Teresivia that he's led the league the last five years with most yards from three passes. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not saying that that's all he does because Stafford, we've all seen a hundred throws of him throwing it deep, right? Most of the time to Kevin Johnson. But I think that that's the difference and why everybody knows that Rodgers is so special is, dude, he can put it wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And I don't think you can say that with Stafford. And, I mean, you're right there. I mean, you're right. But that's what makes Aaron Rodgers top, top like one quarterback in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers oh, yeah. is one or two, you really need to sit back and look in the mirror and go, okay, what the fuck am I doing here? But when you get to that bottom tier of top tens in the NFL, 
you really have to start looking at the what the quarterback does year in and year out and then the situation that he's in. And Matthew Stafford, to me, sneaks in there. I think he, I think he should make that list. I mean, a lot of people may be listening and go, this dude's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But at the same time, I mean, you just you got to watch the guy play. And you got to see the situation that he's been and what he's never had around him. And at some point, you got to go, hey, we're underappreciating Matthew Stafford at Detroit. And, that, and that's pretty much my answer to that question. Hopefully, hopefully it helped you make up your mind there on what you kind of thought going forward. Um, you just let me know, though. Hit me up and tell me what you think. Agree or disagree. Yeah. So I just kind of just went through the list. I think I would have Stafford at 11 or 12. See, and that, that's exactly where I'm at. Who would you have over him? Russell Wilson. Matt Ryan. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, uh, Philip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, and then the one, the two that are super close. This would actually make it him ten. Is Big Ben Stafford? Those are the two that I'm kind of like, yeah, which one do I, where do I really think? And, and Newton, like those three are kind of like, where do I have those three? Um, and honestly, maybe everybody's going to hate me for this. I'm going to get so much shit. Where's Dak in it? Where's Dak in this list? Uh, I mean, he's a top 15 quarterback. He's not, I so, mean, if he picked yeah. up what he did in week one, maybe he yeah. finds way into that conversation. So that was, those final four would be like 10 to 14 for me. So I would take, I would take Stafford over Newton, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, and what was the other quarterback that you had there at the end besides Big Ben? Dak. Yeah, I'd take him over Dak. So, I mean, See, that, that puts him right there at 10. No, that puts him at 8 for you. That'd put him at 8. Yeah, I mean, I think he's better than Wentz and Ryan. Yeah, see, and I don't. I'll take I'll take Wentz and Ryan over him, and Wentz is uh, Wentz. Actually, I, I can see your argument there. I can't see it with Matt Ryan. I just can't. I think Matt Ryan is better, but that's just me. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, so that's your that's the argument though, right? Like, how do you get him into the top ten? Right there, right? So like me, I have him personally at eleven. So I can see your argument there. You have him at eight, but. I think you can see why I have those guys close. Like, I think you were pretty close, and you're just like, I personally would just like these yeah. guys more. So It's um, a conversation. Let's, let's make that a poll um, when the show drops, and then we'll, you know, after everyone listens, we'll go ahead and get that out there. 100%. Let's do it. Okay. All right, let's get to this next game then. Oh, so by the way, everybody, I also took the Chargers at negative two and a half. Um, next game. Packers at home against the Vikings. Packers three-point favorites. They're basically saying this is a pick-em game because home team gets three points. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings. What they did week one, holy shit. Wow, did they erupt. Dalvin Cook looked amazing. Boy, did he look great on my fantasy team. Thank God for that. I'm in a fantasy league where you get a point per touch, um, a certain amount of rushes and a touchdown. That dude had a close to damn near 50 points. When I opened up the app and looked at it, I said, holy shit, I did not expect this. I'm glad he's not hurt, and I'm glad he's on my team. That's about all I have. That's And Kirk Cousins didn't look too bad either. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I I agree with you. I mean, I the only thing that makes me want to take the Packers, besides being at home, is they have 10 days. They have 10 days of rest. Um, early in the year, I still think that's important. Um, I think that they probably felt like okay now we can adjust this our offense a little bit and what are the vikings going to be when they're not on that turf at home uh are they going to be exactly what they are is dalvin cook going to be what he is when he's not on the the turf because that's all last year i remember him being like hey i'm not playing this game because i wasn't on the turf um so oh this one's really tough for me i just don't know I honestly think, in a strange way, I might trust the Vikings' offense more than I trust the Packers' offense. It's going to be interesting. I mean, they were really trying to figure out, if, you know, where they were on a running or passing basis. 
And maybe that's hard to figure out against the Bears, and it's not going to be any easier against the Vikings. But the one real question that I have is, are we buying into the Packers' defense this early? I am, and I just took the Packers. That was Trubisky's, Trubisky's mistakes. Yeah, that's fair. But I think that they were forcing some of his mistakes. I just took the Packers at negative three. There we go. Cool. Booyah. All right. Next team, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. Texans are minus nine. It is in Houston, correct? Correct. Yeah, I want you. I want you to go ahead and lead on into this with your team here, pal. Nine is just so big. Like, if you would have told me six and a half, I I easily would have taken the Texans. Easily. I so I loved what Minshew did. I really did. Eighty-eight percent. Like, looked really solid. But I can't forget like how bad he looked during preseason at times like and there was times that he looked all right but like he did not look like what he did week one but was he playing with starters at all during the preseason not I mean, start Jacksonville Jaguars have outside of the starting offensive line was there any help there no that, and that's a fair argument but he just looked like he couldn't read a defense like he was just in pure panic mode the whole time um, dude, my brain tells me to take the Texans here. <laughs> my brain really does. Oh boy! But you want to know what? Again, the Texans' offensive line looked like shit, and yeah. we talked about it as as much as like that game was lopsided against the Jags and Chiefs. Like they were still getting to Mahomes, and like they were just like a half a second short. But they're like Chiefs' offense line is so much better. Oh, they didn't look better. The amount of times that Josh Allen was right at Patrick Mahomes was pretty fucking scary. Like a lot of that doesn't even go to the Chiefs' offensive line; it goes to Mahomes standing in or making enough of a move or arm angle to get the ball out. Like that yeah. first touchdown to Sammy Watkins. Calais Campbell is just like, I'm going to sack you. Like, Seriously. Uh, and Mahomes is like, literally, you. if you go and watch the replay, you see him like, it's almost like he takes a deep breath, like, this is going to fucking hurt, but there's Sammy. And he's just like, I mean, it's, just, it's literally just like a casual over-the-top throw, and Sammy just reaches up, jukes out Jalen, and then goes. Yeah. But uh, Jaguars, man, that defense is real. Yeah, so I'm not going to get into this, but like I, I think we need to talk about like what's the definition of a juke? Because to me, I felt like Jalen like was coming because he wasn't the one guarding him. He came in and kind of stood there to like make him so he stayed in the middle of the field because he thought the safety would dive at him, and then the safety just stood there. So I didn't feel like I get what move you're talking about, but I didn't really feel like that was like a juke move. I felt like Jalen was like, I'm making sure you stay in the middle of the field. Um, um, but I get like what you're saying, but I think you and I just think of a juke differently. Do you want me, you kind of just want to get into it real quick? Because I watched it from the coach's tape. And uh-huh. the reason why I say that is because after he, like he reached up and caught the ball, Demarcus Robinson comes across his face from the other side of the field, across Sammy Watkins face and blocks the safety. He clears him out of the way. Jalen is coming downhill, correct? So no, he's, he's coming, coming from down- the side. He's coming from the side. Directly from the side. I think you're mixing up players. No, like I'm because Jalen, like you said, he was there to keep him in the middle. Yeah. Sammy is like running like directly at him and hesitates to the left. And then like you see Jalen like lean that way. And then Sammy Watkins has already got himself back upright and directly up the field. It was like it wasn't like a, a shit ton of stutter steps. It was literally just like a boom boom. Like it was literally like a hezzy basketball. Like, you just take the ball over there, and then you come the other way and go. And at that point, he was already past Jalen when Jalen didn't have time to recover because he was, from what I understood, coming down to make the tackle. Yeah, see, I felt like he was actually coming up and then over, but it it doesn't really matter. It was an awesome play by Sammy either way. And with that, all that being said, um, fuck it. I'm taking the Jags at plus nine. And I'm going to take the Texans. Losing that game the way you did against the Saints – can't be happy about it. No, you can't. I think Deshaun Watson just comes out pissed. I mean, Will Fuller looked like DeAndre Hopkins. 
and DeAndre Hopkins was DeAndre Hopkins, I think they're fine. I think they're good. Yeah, I can easily see you winning this one, but I'm just not going to do it to my team at plus nine. I just can't do it. I I respect that. I mean, if if Minshew comes out and has a good game like he did against the Chiefs, I mean, plays like an NFL quarterback, there's no way it's plus nine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if Minshew plays like how he did, they will probably win this game because I have faith that this Jaguars defense is not going to do that again. They haven't done that in three years. So, um, okay, cool. Next one, Titans versus the Colts. This is a big division game for the AFC South. It's it's a huge – I mean – so is the other one. Both games are. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Titans, though, man. I think they just continue off that high that they're on. Their defense looked good. And you get I – mean, how many interceptions did Baker Mayfield throw? Four? Three. It was three, and they were all at the end of the game? They were all in the second half that, uh, from <laughs> what I saw. Yeah. I can't wait to get to that game. <laughs> Screw that, dude. But yeah. I'm taking Tennessee here. But I can also see it just going away because the Colts' defense looked pretty good against the Chargers. It really kept them in check. And then Jacoby Brissett, I mean, the dude's a starter. Like, he is the starter for the Colts. Um, I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but, I mean, that was a close game. And didn't you tell me it went into overtime, correct? Yeah, so they won, or sorry, they lost 30-24. to 24. Uh, Brissett's stats were 21 for 27, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a good game, dude. I mean, it's really going to test the Titans on on what they did. So, let okay, let's say this then real quick. If the Colts blow out the Titans— that's not a good look for Baker Mayfield. If the Titans shut down the Colts, that's a good look for Baker Mayfield because he can say, the Titans are a pretty good defense. They just had good coverage. If the Colts go out and blow them up, Baker Mayfield's got some explaining to do, or Freddie Kitchens play calling does. Yep. I also am going to take the Titans at (laughs) minus three. I'm going to do it. Uh, I I honestly just don't know if the – Colts defense after coming off of that overtime loss plus I mean they just gave up a lot they gave up six yards a carry to the Chargers plus like 10 yards per uh attempt from uh Phillip Rivers that's a big number 10 yards so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Titans by three and honestly I think they win by three exactly I think that they probably win off of a last second field goal these teams usually play each other pretty close I like it. I like it. I like it. Moving on to our next game, the Patriots at a whopping minus 19 versus the Dolphins. And holy shit. Tell me what your thoughts are here. This is honestly the biggest number I've ever seen. I've never seen a bigger number at minus 19 in the NFL. Me either. It's ridiculous. Uh, But I will say, and I get it, that the Dolphins are totally tanking, and this is totally different with AB also with the Patriots now. The Dolphins have covered five of the last six years against the Patriots when the game's been at home. So, but but this is totally different. But (laughs) it's just huge. But I also could see them getting up by 24. All of a sudden, they take out a couple starters. Dolphins go down and score garbage time. They only win by 17, even though it was a much bigger game. But I also could see the Dolphins just <laughs> sucking and losing by 40. <laughs> um, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Dolphins at plus 19. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots because Bill Belichick's not forget it. Gonna is not going to forget what took place last year. The old Miami miracle where Gronk took the wrong route and then they lost the game. And that was how Gronk's career ended in Miami with that type of play. Bill Belichick's like, you know what? Screw you guys. I have AB now. Whatever's going on is going on. But I already know that you got half your team wants to be traded or there's some of you that have already reached out to your agents to quit. I don't think there's enough of you on this team to change the culture around and say, hey, we're here, we're a team, let's play. I think you're all kind of like, shit, we lost to the Ravens, and now we play the Patriots. Man, we suck. I'm taking the new, I'm taking New England here. Their defense looked amazing against the Steelers. The Dolphins have what on offense to compete against that, and then the Patriots offense just got that much better with A.B. So I'm taking them at minus 19. Okay. I think Preston Williams has two touchdowns this game, and that's what keeps them at 
Losing only by 17. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> that we're talking about that big of a number. Ah, Bills versus the Giants. So it's in in New York. I guess technically New Jersey, right? That's where they play. Um, but the Bills are minus two. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Bills here. Like I said last or last episode, they looked really good to start the drive off. They just, you know, made a mistake. The the pick six was not Josh on Josh Allen and the strip sack, you know, that is on him, but it is kind of what derailed their opening drive. But other than that, they looked good. And the Giants, I mean, what you just gave up to Dak four touchdowns and four hundred yards and Zeke didn't have really any part of it. What do you think is going to happen with the Bills here and Josh Allen and, you know, the weapons that they have? Yeah, they're not anything compared to what the what the boys have in Dallas, but it's still something. So I'm taking Buffalo over the Giants. I also am going to take Buffalo. Uh, is this the coming out party for Devin Singletary? I kind of feel like it is. I kind of wanted to say that, but I didn't want to jump the gun on it because I didn't get to see what he did against the Jets for the whole game. So I don't know what he looked like week one. Yeah. I mean, he only had four carries, but... It was 70 yards, so 17.5 average. Um, I just kind of thought... 70 rushing yards on four carries? Yeah, and his lar- his long was only 23 yards, so it's not like he had, like, a 60-yarder. Jesus, child. Yeah, this is his breakout game. Goddamn. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. So I also will be taking the Bills. Hey, keep winning these games, Bills. I need I need you to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Just win me some money. Go 10-6. Go and six. That's totally fine by me as well. Ah, the next one. Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are four and a half point favorites. How? I don't because know. Because it's in Pittsburgh? Yes. Yikes. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks at plus four and a half. I mean, yeah, you played a close, a close game against the Bengals, but damn, I mean, the Steelers got shut out. Like, they didn't get in the end zone one time. I don't even know if they sniffed it besides their field goal unit. Actually, I know they sniffed it, and they kicked a field goal. Like, get out of here. Like, that was just – at that point, you're like, oh, I hope we I hope we score, but we don't let it get completely shut out. And now you're playing the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, their defense isn't the Patriots, but damn, dude. That's not a way to come out and start the year. So I'm taking the Seahawks. They, they got a close win. They're good to go. I agree with you there. My only worry is the Seahawks defense looked really bad and at home. So, I mean, and Big Ben is always good at home. And you could see him just like having one of those crazy games. But until he can prove that he can do it without AB, I'm not going to. I can't bet on him. Even yeah. with Juju, I can't bet on him. So I'm going to take the Seahawks and feel pretty comfortable about it. I mean, you can even lose by three and we still win this. Yep. So, Okay. Uh, the, what is the next one? Cowboys versus the Redskins. And it's the Cowboys are 5.5. Uh, no, sorry. Just five. They are five point favorites. <laughs> I don't know what you were trying to do there when you entered that in. It's got us both confused. Yeah. I was like looking, I'm like, wait, I didn't know if I forgot a, da- a dot and it was five and a half or if it was just five and I just messed five it up. Point favorites. Yeah. So they are. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm now double checking. Okay, it is five. It just five, five. just five straight up. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Cowboys. I mean, what they did, what they showed last week with Kellen Moore's new offense. Wow, dude, that's that's awesome. We already know what their defense is. The Redskins are still trying to figure it out. Um, I'm really excited to watch the Cowboys this year because if I'm correct, I believe I had them going pretty deep into the playoffs, right? Let me let me double check here before I keep running my mouth. Well, you said they were going to uh, win, win the NFC East. That was it. That's all I said. Yes. I think the Cowboys have a real shot <laughs> to win this game. Um, I'm not going to go off what I was just doing because I was I didn't say that to start the year. But man, if they keep this up, I'm really going to have to reconsider you know my thoughts there on it. But. I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Redskins. I'm, there's not much more to explain. Yeah, so am I. I think that they try to get Dak a little bit – or, sorry, Dak. Jesus, he, he was very involved last week. Uh, I think they try to get Zeke a little bit more involved this week. Obviously, slow week last week. 
He'd only been in camp or with the team for like three days. Uh, I think they tried to get him a little bit more involved. He has a history of struggling against the Redskins, though, so it would be interesting to see how that goes. I think the Redskins are already kind of like, well, fuck, what more do we have to do? Like They were up by double digits against the Eagles at halftime. And still ended up losing. And at one point, we're down and almost didn't even cover that minus nine and a half. Uh, I thought I was going to end up winning that bet. Uh, but so I think that the defense might already be like, well, shit. So I'm going to take the Cowboys, even on the road, minus five. Awesome. Um, our next game is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens are set to win at minus 13 and a half. Huge number. Still, I never feel comfortable with this big a number, but I'm taking the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to do very similar to what he did last time. I mean, look at what Stafford was doing before their game plan went to shit. And again, we've said it a thousand times. Ravens DB room, one of the best in the league. I don't care if the Cardinals run the four plus wide receiver sets. Ravens can match up against it and they'll get some pressure. Uh, the only thing that I have is maybe Suggs tips the the Cardinals off on a few things that is a little bit of a concern for me, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to take the Ravens at minus 13 and a half. That last point you just made is exactly why I'm taking the Cardinals because how is Lamar Jackson going to react with Terrell Suggs on the opposite side, calling out exactly what they're doing when he calls out the play and says, Hey, this is what they're running here, here, here. They're running this side. They're running that side. You know, you go here, you go there. Just kind of playing that middle linebacker role coming from the end. How is Lamar Jackson going to react to that? How is he going to go, shit, they know what's coming. What can I make happen here? And I'm going to take the Cardinals. 13 and a half is huge. The Ravens, you know, they blew out the Dolphins. But at this point, it is the Dolphins that we're talking about. I mean, they're set to lose by 19 to the Patriots. 19. And then you're, now the Ravens are going to set to win by you know, plus 13 and a half, I just, or minus 13 and a half, excuse me. I just, I don't see that. Um, I think the Cardinals realized, I think they tasted victory last week and they, they, you know, there were some missed opportunities early for Kyler. And I think he comes out and keeps this game close. Cool. I uh, can't argue there, I guess. Uh, I mean, considering I'm the one that brought up the Suggs things to start. Uh, let's go with your team now. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Oakland Raiders. This is the last time that the Chiefs are going to be playing in Oakland. And it is. Seven-point favorites. And that's exactly why I'm going to take them. Because if they win this game, then they hold down the record for wins in the Coliseum against the Raiders. They hold that record there. That's going to set in stone, and that's going to be ultimate bragging rights there. And plus, it's Raider week. You don't have Tyree Kill. So this is the game that Sammy Watkins goes, all right, I can either take a step up or continue what I did last week. But then you have Demarcus Robinson, who's still trying to show that he can be there. And then you have McCole Pringle, or excuse me, McCole Hardman as well. The Chiefs released Brian Pringle. I, don't, I really don't know why they did that. I think that's kind of a, a stupid thing for them to do. I'm not the general manager, and he seems to be doing the right thing. So I'm not going to say anything else about it. But I think the Chiefs have enough on offense. And their defense is probably a little disappointed in themselves on what they did last week. But this is might be a close game because the Raiders' run game looked pretty damn good last week or Monday night. Yeah, and Jags were doing pretty good against the run as well against Kansas City. So I'm with you that I think it is going to be a close game. Uh, I will take the Kansas City Chiefs to cover. I think I honestly think that they probably end up winning around seven. Maybe they get to ten, uh, but I think that. I'm with you. I think this game's a lot closer than what a lot of people will think. So I will take. No, I don't. Fuck it. I think the Chiefs dominate. I really do. Now I mean, at some about point, it. you have to think. Sorry to interrupt you here. I feel like I've been doing that a lot this episode. Um, but you kind of have to think that because Abram's out for the year and Conley's out now too. Who, yeah. who else do you have in the secondary? Yeah, exactly. And that's what was going through my head as I started saying. I think it might be close. Uh, and I got. I don't know why. I'm all, all I'm all for like these gut feelings apparently for me today. I kind of think Demarcus Robinson has a pretty good game. I I think it's about time that he does. Yeah, I mean, I felt like the last like two or three years he's had one or two big games every single year, right? Yeah, I mean, last year against Seattle. Yeah, 
really showed up. Had that, in, you know, that touchdown catch the, against the Chargers when Mahomes, it looks like he's got nowhere else to go, and he pump fakes, gets Ingram in the air. As he's coming down, Mahomes throws it back, and there's Robinson. Like, Robinson, you know, it's what I told you when the Jaguars got Conley. That's what I wanted him to be, but Robinson fills that role even better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to know if they get Keelan Doss active. We never really talked about that with how Keelan Doss went to Jacksonville. Raiders tried to bring him back. The Jags offered him a fully guaranteed deal, which you usually don't do for practice squad guys. And then, so he stayed with Jacksonville. And then two days later, when the Raiders released AB, Oakland comes back and says, we'll pay you uh, active roster money. And so then he left Jacksonville. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. So plus the 450 that the Jags were already offering him. Wow. So he played it great. Like I have, I'm, I'm like, good for you, man. And you're going back home where you really did want to be. Um, so I want to see, cause he was a healthy scratch, but again, he got signed on like that Friday. So it makes sense. Uh, I wonder if he gets active and he plays and maybe even opens it up a little bit more for Tyrell Williams. Cause he had a good game. Yeah. Cool. It'll be interesting for sure. All right, next one. Bears versus Broncos in Denver, but Bears are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take the Bears. Um, if the Raiders' defense can shut down the Broncos, the Bears sure as hell can as well. And Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky really had a uh, awakening experience against the Packers on, we can't be cute. You can't throw 45 times a game. What I did was my mistake here. Let's put you in a better situation. Let's put our team in a better situation, and let's recover for than what we, you know, started the year out as. So I'm taking the Bears here at two and a half. This is my lock of the week. Bears at negative two and a half. I think that they, I think they come in and just dominate this game. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, I just think that the ten days. Being able to really prepare for this, prepare prepare for their former DC's defense, right? So, like, they know everything they need to know about Vic Mangio, given, yes, he knows everything about Trubisky, but I think that Nagy is smart enough to be able to counter a lot of those things. And I think that they, f- I think they feed Montgomery more than what they had been week one. Because if you <laughs> yeah. watch Josh Jacobs do that, you just got to be sitting there thinking, I wonder what Montgomery can do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Have you known this is three years in a row that they've had like a, either an NFC or AFC championship repeat on week two of the season. I feel like week two is starting to become like, a OK, like let's let's have a rematch of that. The title game the year before. I don't know if I've. That's just a coincidence, or if they're trying to do something there. No, they probably are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the NFL, they probably are. Probably are. But we got the Saints at LA Rams. The Rams are two and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Saints to cover here. Um, I actually think they win this game. Um, if I had to put a score on it, I'd honestly put it at 30 to 27. That's what I put this game at. Saints win. They cover, of course. I mean, they they won a close one against the Texans, but I feel like they realized there's no reason that game kind of should have been there. You know, kind of should have. <laughs> I don't think – I think they realized we shouldn't have played that close of a game. Yes, the Texans are good, but we're better than that. And then you're going to go against the Rams. The Rams didn't look too hot to start the year. I mean, they looked okay, but it wasn't anything stellar, right? So I'm sticking the Saints. I think they – I think they come out and go, hey. I mean, shit, you saw what they did week one. I mean, their fans were already pissed at the refs. And now you're playing the Rams. I mean, bro, there's nothing but blood in your mouth. Like, you're just sitting there. It's like a shark smelling blood in the water. Eyes are black. You're fucking going after it. Yeah. All fair points. Uh, I just don't think the Saints are ever the same team when they're not at home. And so that's why I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. Or sorry, Chargers, the Rams. Reason why I'm going to take the Rams to win this game. Uh, I think it's a very close game. I think it's a one-score game. I think that Goff and Gurley just make just enough plays to 
get this win. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I, so I know Weddle left the game early. I don't know if, what his status is, though. And um, having him on the in that DB room for the Rams to kind of deal with uh, Drew Brees is very important, actually, in my opinion. Now I'm trying to talk myself out of this. But he might be out, right? But I'm going to go with the Rams still. So Rams at two and a half. Okay. Awesome. And then almost here at the end, ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia Eagles are set to cover or win minus one and a half versus the Falcons in Atlanta. Yeah, Trees, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was hoping hoping you'd go first on this one. Um, Do the Falcons go 0-2? That's the question. Home opener, Eagles, they looked really good the second half. Um, Eagles lost Malik Jackson, though, uh, out for the season. I'm going to say the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons on this one, which is basically saying they're going to win because how many games actually end up at a one-point game? (laughs) <laughs> really though um so eric widow actually might be able to play versus the saints um it looks like it was bleeding after a knee from christian mccaffrey i'm not, i think it was a head injury that he had yeah bleeding and took him out of the game yeah that's pretty gnarly um so it looks like he there's a possibility he does play but nothing guaranteed yet um just keep an eye on that for your team heading into the set or heading into sunday eagles falcons I think I might ride with you with Atlanta. Um, they kind of started off slower than they really wanted to. The Eagles, they played a close game against the Redskins, but then came back and, you know, eventually owned the damn thing. But the Falcons, they don't want to go 0-2. You know, they don't want to have a repeat of a loss there against the Eagles, who they faced in the playoffs, what, the last two years in a row now and lost both times? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And – if they watch the Rams, or yeah, the Rams lose to the Saints, and they see the Saints go two and zero, they know they can't go zero and two, or there's that's so hard to come back and win that division. Okay, last one, Monday Night Football, <laughs> Browns versus the Jets. Browns, Browns are minus two and a half point favorites. This is the repeat. Of the Browns getting their first win with Baker Mayfield as quarterback from last year. Oh my God, are we excited or what? Holy fucking shit. yippee ki yay motherfuckers. Um, I'm taking the Jets to win this. Baker Mayfield looked like shit. Um, Jets lost a close one. They're probably pissed off. And they don't like to be known as the team that the Browns beat after going completely defeated a year before. <coughs> So that's why I'm taking the Jets. I think they still have a lot to prove. The Browns, I really think they're still trying to figure everything out with play calling from Freddie Kitchens. Baker Mayfield did not look like the guy that we saw last year. I'm really not set there for him. So I'm rolling with the Jets. I think they – I think I know they cover, but I'm also going to take them to win. Like, I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. Okay. I was – I was kind of thinking the same as you. And then I'm just like, ah, will all of Ohio be on fire if they lose this game? I mean, dude, they already booed him after that performance. Yeah. Like after praising him all offseason, he walked, he left, he left the field. Baker Mayfield left the field with booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't talk about this. I hate that he was like, yeah, the whole world's going to be against us or whatever he said. Or they're all going to trash. Well, I don't remember what he said during his press conference, but I'm so over Baker trying to act like the world's against him at all times. Dude, you were the fifth most, fifth highest favorite to win the Super Bowl going into the season. You literally, there were 20, 25, uh, 26 other teams, 27 other teams lower than you. Not everybody hates you. Um, all that being said, I think that Cleveland does win this game, and I think they end up playing <laughs> by a physical. Um, so CJ CJ Mosley is he going to play? I don't know that, um, and I think that that's really when the Jets' defense started struggling against uh, the Bills, and I think that 
I think Cleveland finally just says, maybe we should give Nick Chubb the ball more. Maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield is just better when the running game is actually going. Which, I shouldn't say Baker Mayfield, because every quarterback is better that way. But maybe they finally recognize it is what I'm getting at. I feel like they kind of think that Baker can just do it and doesn't need a running game. Every every quarterback needs a running game. I kind of want to go. I'm going to go back and watch this Browns game tomorrow um, after work and see what the Titans did. I want to see if they kept him in the pocket. And if they did, then my observation was right from last season that if Baker Mayfield has to be a pocket quarterback, he's not going to succeed in the NFL. All right, there we go, man. That is all of our picks. I can't believe week two starts tomorrow for you guys tonight. We're already on week two. Dude, let's, I mean, football is, I mean, it's here and it's awesome. We have more college games this week. Um, You know, last weekend was a pretty competitive weekend, of course, especially for the Longhorns. This weekend, it's not so much for them, but there's still plenty of games, you know, going on in the college world and it's, an entire weekend filled with games to watch. It's stuff to do. Like you can't just sit on the couch and be bored. Turn on the freaking football game and watch and learn. Because one of those guys might be playing in the NFL for your favorite team or your rival. Yeah. Why not get a head start no one? Exactly. What what do you got planned for this weekend? Are you doing anything or are you kind of just hanging out and just watching games? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna enjoy the freaking shit out of it. Um well, other than that, yeah, that's all I got planned for this weekend. What about you? You The Utes at home? Utes at home. So, go do that. Tailgate. And then uh, Sunday, yeah, I'll just be on the couch and do it and doing all that stuff. So, that's about it, though. Yeah, that's awesome. So, it's it's great now that we've already gone over our week two bets. We have prop bets set for tonight. Um, other than that, that pretty much sets the episode Let us know your guys' thoughts. Again, we appreciate you listening. And tonight, we've been Talking Football.